What is up, folks? This is the Gently Mad. I'm Adam Clark. Welcome to episode 39. Thanks for listening. Yes, it is the Gently Mad. I'm sure you're wondering what the hell is going on with Britney Spears in the intro. What has happened to me? Well, I'll tell you what's happened to me. We went to the doctor today, and it is official, though those of you who are regular listeners of this show know it is official that I did do it again. We're having another baby. Okay, now I know Britney Spears, that wasn't what her song was about, but it is sort of an oops, I did it again moment, okay? This wasn't intentional, this was an accident, but as I've said many times, those little sperm will find a way. They will. So, I don't know what to tell you, but they will. So, we're we're having a third kid, and I don't know what the hell to do about it. I mean, clearly I'm excited, Uh, my wife and I are both excited to have another child, but it's been six years, man, since we've done diapers and baby food, you know, breast milk, whatever, you know, I mean, it's just, it's been so long. I I can't, uh, I can't even really imagine going back to that, but at least this time around, I have two kids. My oldest daughter will be eight at the time of the newest one's birth, so she'll be old enough to help out a little bit. Maybe I won't have to do quite as much of the yucky stuff, like the diaper changing and all that, as I had to do the first couple times around. We'll see. But yeah, new baby, new Clark, third Clark running around the world this fall. So I'm kind of excited about that. What does that have to do with this show? Nothing, really, except that the show's about me. So in that way, it does have something to do with this show. But this particular episode, it doesn't have much to do with, because this is part two with Mike Hurley, the, uh, well, I was going to say infamous, but he's not really infamous. I mean, the famous, the great Mike Hurley. If you listen to Wednesday's episode, which I highly suggest you do, great conversation with Mike, and we kind of talked about his path to deciding he wanted to be a full-time podcaster and how he got there. Uh, It took him five years, but he did it, and I was quite inspired, despite myself, by that story. And then we decided to, we kept talking and we kind of dove into a new topic all about his show Inquisitive, which he has just dramatically changed. You know, for, for the course of that five years, Mike has done an interview show. It's had several different names, but it's kind of been his show, his main sort of bread and butter show where he interviewed guests, talked about all sorts of topics And then one day, he just decided to change it. And I was fascinated by that because I've toyed with that with this show a lot of times. Like, I have other ideas for this show, and I feel like, I wonder what would happen if I just just changed it, just did it. Just was like, you know, I don't give a fuck who cares. If if, if you guys don't like it anymore and stop listening, well, whatever. You know, maybe I should just do it. I, I don't quite have the balls yet to do it. I'm still a little nervous about some of the things that I'd like to try with this show, but Mike did it. He just did it. He changed the show and he's had dramatic results and it's a great show. Um, he went from kind of an interview format to a more storytelling journalistic format and he's put a ton of work into the show and it has accomplished his goals. He wanted to double or even triple the audience of that show and he did that pretty much from day one with the new show. So we, we spent quite a while talking about this new show and why he did it, and 
And even if you're not a podcaster or interested in podcasts necessarily, I think there's still a lot here for you, no matter what it is you're doing, because, you know, we talked about some of the fears involved there. I mean, when you decide you just want to totally turn something upside down on its head, and maybe for you that's a career or leaving a career or starting a new one, there's a lot of scary stuff in there. And we got into that and what those fears were and how Mike dealt with them. And of course, I talked about myself as, as I, as I do, as I tend to do on the show and my own fears and self doubts. And, and I just, you know, I applaud him for the courage to do that. And, and it's, it's, it's a bet that paid off because the new show is incredible. And all the links, by the way, are in the show notes of this episode, which will be at avclark.com slash 39. I can't believe we're at 39 episodes, but uh, yeah, so I want to get to that conversation with Mike. Uh, if you haven't listened to last week's or last week's last episode, which was Wednesday, episode 38, go do that because I think that'll give you some foundation for this kind of co- for this conversation. It's a part two after all. So if you skip part one, you might be a little lost in this one. So go back and listen to that one and then listen to this one because it's really just a continuation of our conversation. And it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed having Mike on. I hope he comes back on again sometime in the future because it was so much fun talking to him. We'll get to that in just a minute, though. So did I mention that I'm having another kid? Man, I'm kind of, uh, I don't know what to think. I mean, I've known about it for a long time now. It's like we're at about 12 weeks where my wife is. You know, the whole weird thing. You know, let me just rant here for a minute. I don't get the whole, hey, guys, we're pregnant we're not pregnant. I'm not fucking pregnant. My wife is pregnant. Okay. She's doing it all. She's doing all the work. Where is this we're pregnant stuff come from? I don't get it. So I don't like to say we're pregnant. I say she's pregnant because she is. And she's the one going through all the, all the shit with being sick and everything. I'm not doing anything. I just did the fun part. So, I mean, obviously when the baby gets here, that's a different story. Then I will have plenty of unfun parts to do. But at this point, there's no we're here. I mean, it's, it's all her. So I don't know how she does it, honestly, but she does it. And I'm glad because we're excited. We're excited to add to it. So how did I get back talking about my new kid? I'm not sure. Maybe I'm just excited about it because we went to the doctor today and that always kind of makes it official. I mean, even though we've known for a couple months it's just, it makes it official when you go, you do the, the, uh, what do you call it? I, I'm having a brain freeze. I can't even remember the thing where, you know, you hear the heartbeat and you look at the little, um, video monitor and, and, and see the baby. And it's only like five centimeters big, but you can still kind of see its head and its little arms and things like that. It's crazy, crazy. And, and I got to bring my daughters along and they were just blown away by being able to kind of see inside mommy's tummy as they said so it was great it was a good day it was a good day so I'm kind of continuing the theme of last episode's intro of of not being all down in the dumps and talking about all my depression and self-doubts and everything that's going wrong because despite the fact that I am still extremely stressed there's a lot of great stuff happening right now and I'm really excited about this new kid I'm excited about just stuff that's happening this year. I'm excited about this show. You know, there are many days when I'm not excited about this show. I Earlier today, I had a conversation with Andrew Warner from Mixergy. We recorded an interview. That one will be out soon. 
a great conversation. He kind of totally turned the tables on me. I, I was didn't quite know what to do. I was a little uh, little taken aback. Most people just go with the flow, and Andrew's like, you know, just jumping right into the driver's seat, taking over, asking me questions, you know, which, again, I don't mind answering because I'm always up for talking about myself, but uh, it was a good one. So I'm excited right now about the show and the things that are happening. Regardless, I want to get right to this part two with Mike because uh, it was really fascinating hearing about Inquisitive and what he's done with that show and what he hopes to continue doing in the future. So we're going to get right to that after this brief word from our sponsors. Hover is the best way to buy and manage domain names. Now, I know why I love Hover, but I'm not going to tell you that yet. I decided to call up Alex, who is the acquisition manager for Hover, which basically means she's kind of in charge of marketing. And I asked her what she thought was the best thing about Hover. What makes Hover different is that we do domains only. We just do domains, and if you want an email for your domain, we can do that too. But we focus on being really, really good at that instead of offering other kinds of service and kind of distracting you on your way to the shopping cart with like hosting or upselling you with this service or that service and kind of add-ons. So I think Hover is different because it really is kind of a, a one-stop shop. You just get your domain and get out of there so you can really focus on making that thing that you wanted to make in the first place. Okay, so my favorite thing happens to be Alex's favorite thing as well. Simplicity. If you've ever tried to buy a domain name before, then you can definitely appreciate a company that's not going to try to upsell you or make it complicated to get done the simple thing you need to get done so you can get back to what you were doing. That's Hover. The easiest and simplest way to buy and manage domains. Go to Hover.com and use the promo code TGM to get 10% off your first order. Our other sponsor for this month is Harvest. And I love Harvest for the same reasons that I love Hover. The simplicity. I can track time, send invoices, generate reports easily, simply, and beautifully. Well, I talked to Kalina, who is a Harvest expert at Harvest. And... Being a Harvest expert, she does a lot of interaction with Harvest customers. And I asked her, what's the craziest request you guys have ever had at Harvest? You know how Harvest occasionally, well, always shows you a quote in an empty time entry? Yeah. Um, So we just had a long list of really strange quotes that somebody wanted to add. It was just like a bunch of... Oh, nice quote i wish i could pull it up for you because some of those quotes are pretty crazy it was just like work until you drink and then drink until you fall down (laughs) the strangest one was when someone requested that we become a password manager like one password or last pass or something like that what was the logic behind that like why would they do you know we have a chrome extension so i think they had been using the chrome extension and they're like oh this is great i can Access Harvest from my Chrome menu bar. And then they also had a LastPass Chrome extension. And so they must have thought, if you're a Chrome extension, you can do a lot of things. Yeah. All right. So maybe Harvest isn't a password vault like LastPass or 1Password. 
but I think that's a good thing because what Harvest does, they do extremely well. And that is easy time tracking, beautiful invoicing, and powerful reporting. I've been a customer for five years myself, and you would have to pay me to switch away. It is hands down probably the favorite, my favorite tool that I use in my business. I mean, invoicing, time tracking, those are kind of boring things, right? Well, Harvest makes it, I actually look forward to doing it. The interface is so beautiful, it's so easy, it's actually a delight, which is quite a feat. So go check them out, getharvest.com, and the first month is already free, but you can get 50% off your second month as well by using the promo code TGM at checkout. guys i encourage you to check out hover and harvest both of them thank you for sponsoring the gently mad they're both great services and i love them so check them out it's time to get to the point of this show the conversation with mr mike hurley it was a good one the first time we've ever done a part two or like a two-parter i guess i should say but it was worth it so i hope you enjoy it here's my conversation with mike hurley Um, yeah, this whole thing with Inquisitive, um, I'm, I'm really curious about this and, and how you intend to, uh, just what, what you're planning to do. I mean, obviously, you know, there's Alex Bloomberg who came out with Startup and his Gimlet Media Network and This American Life had the serial knockoff and, and that kind of, uh, I think that kind of exploded a bit of, it kind of brought podcasting a bit more into the common vernacular of regular people who'd never heard of it before. And I feel like everyone's wanting to create those kinds of shows now. And, uh, you know, the, the startup style show, as you said, the NPR, the journalistic style show. But those kinds of shows are really, really hard to create, um, especially if you're on your own. And so I just would love to know what your, like, I've I've uh, I've thought the same thing. Like I have ideas for this show, but um, in a way, I'm afraid to do them because I've got an audience now, and I'm afraid if what if I change it to this thing and it blows up and the whole thing disappears. So you took that jump and you changed Inquisitive. So I'm asking about 20 questions in one here. But um, why did you change? Let's just start there. Why did you uh, Why did you decide to change Inquisitive, and how did you overcome the fear of what if this doesn't work? We've got this great show and then we kill it because we made a mistake. So like I mentioned earlier, like how long I've been doing a weekly Wednesday show and, and like maybe four years at the five years has been weekly interviews. So like you get to a certain point where you're like, I've been doing this for so long. I want to do something different. I want to try something else out. And like in, in inquisitive and command spaces it was before like, the way that the show has been has changed, you know, the way that I've approached it and stuff. So I've been able to keep it, I think, quite fresh. And I think the show's always been good. But I wanted to make sure that that I was ready for what I considered to be like the next, the next iteration for it. You know, I, I felt like I now could put more, I have more time to put into something like this, into a bigger creative project. And it was always like a thought of mine. It was like, you know, when, when I, full time I'll put more time into inquisitive and do something new with it and 
you know, I wasn't 100% sure what I wanted to do. Um, but listening to shows like Serial and Startup and I was like, you know, I could, I think I could do something like this. You know, I, I, I believe that I could create something that's more in depth, more journalistic and, and more produced. Um, and, and I, you know, and I genuinely believed I could do it on my own as well. Um, and, you know, w- without a staff, uh, like I know that a lot of these productions have simply because I feel like, you know, it's, I don't think it's going to be as good. And, and I love those shows. I, do, I, I think Inquisitive is very good. I genuinely believe that I'm very, very proud of it, but I don't think it's to that level. But, and I think that's totally fine uh, because I think it kind of sounds like nothing else that's in the space that I operate in at the moment, Yeah, which I'm really, that's kind of what I set out to do. And I'm pleased about it. And it was kind of, for me, it was like, I just had this idea and I was like, why don't I, instead of interviewing one person, why don't I interview a bunch of people for a few hours and craft a story out of the answers that are given to me? And that's kind of what I've done. And I have a bunch of ideas that I would like to do. And if the show continues to be a success, then we'll be able to continue doing it. And I have, you know, at the moment we're talking about app development, but I have loads of other things like things that aren't even necessarily like tech related that I would like to think about pursuing in the future and seeing, yeah. you know, kind of where I can go and the stories that we're able to tell. And, you know, it was something I knew I, knew I wanted to do it and I believed in it. And, and that was yeah. ultimately why I felt it was going to work um, because I believed in it and, and I've trusted my gut on these things before and, and they've done me, they've done me pretty well. Yeah. Well, so inquisitive is, is similar to this show actually it's quite different than this show but it's similar in that you know you interview people you know and and i do the same thing i have conversations with people i I consider it a little less of an interview and more of just a a conversation but you've switched and that's what inquisitive has been and it's in its previous iterations but now you've switched it so how how would you define the show now whereas before it was a it was a weekly interview show related to it seems like a lot of you know tech and Apple related stuff and just, you know, people in this kind of scene, what is it now? So I think, I mean, at the moment with the first series, it is still Apple related, right? We're telling the the history of app development and how it's kind of changed the world. But I am trying to, and I'm being very um, conscious of framing the discussions. So people that aren't in the little app development bubble that, that I'm kind of in can understand. Like I try and keep keep things lighter. I don't go into depth about programming languages, right? And and if something I feel like maybe there's a term used or a phrase used or something like that, I will provide context for it. Yeah. Not in like a patronizing way, but just in a in a way that I think adds to the story for for everybody. And I think one of the big differences was like Inquisitive 1.0, as I'm referring to it now, the interview was the story. Right, yeah. that that you kind of came to listen to the story at the interview, but kind of inquisitive two point oh, and what we're doing now, the interviews help tell the story. The story is bigger, and I use clips from the interviews of the people that I've spoken to to help tell the story that I'm trying to get across. And I I'm using other clips from from like you know, there's a bunch of clips from Steve Jobs keynotes in the first episode because I'm setting the scene, you know, with with introductions of products and things like that. Um. So I use I use the audio as a way to tell the story rather than the story being the audio. And it sounds like that there's a very fine line between those things. And I guess maybe to a point there is. But I think when you hear it and if you compare it to how it was before, I genuinely feel like you'll hear a difference between them. Oh, yeah, there is there is a difference. And that's what I was about to ask you. Like, you know, so what you turned Inquisitive into is something that is 
a lot more work because just like we're doing now, we can pick a time and sit down for a day and, and just have a conversation that's interesting and that hopefully people find interesting. And even though I put a lot of time into editing because that's just the way I do it, I wouldn't have to if I didn't want to. It could pretty much just go out. But now but now you've turned yourself into a, a real producer. You know, you, you are... You're essentially doing what a producer does is you're coming up with a story, you know, you're you're writing a story and you're finding people to support that and, and facts to support that and snippets to support that and, and crafting a story rather than just having a conversation. So I'm just curious about um, when did you decide to do that? And uh, like with Inquisitive, when did you first decide, I think I want to try this and how long did it take to put together episode 27? Because, I mean, it came out a week after episode 26. Like, there was no gap. So, clearly, you had been working on this for a while. Uh, I started working on Inquisitive in November. Um, the, this this new version in November. Yeah. 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 Um, and that was kind of like the idea, planning out the questions and starting the interviews. Um, and then I've been working. I mean, I've been working on episode one for like a month. Uh, but that's simply because I was trying to understand how I was going to do this. I can kind of, now I have the interviews done to a point, I will need to conduct more. Um, I think I have kind of like half of the interviews that I'm going to need uh, completed now, and I will conduct more in, in in the coming weeks for the for the other half of the season. Um, when you say season and the other half, like this is one episode, so is the other half another episode or no, 10 more no, episodes so or what? what do you mean? Um, what what we've got now, episode 27 of Inquisitive, is the first episode in a potentially 10 to 15 part series, which is about the history and the current kind of industry of app development. So it's kind of telling the entire story, like what it's like to build them, what it's like to have ideas, what it's like to succeed, what it's like to fail, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I have conducted interviews for maybe the first six or seven episodes. Um mm-hmm. And then I'm cutting them together. So once I've got the interviews done, the script writing and the editing process, um, hopefully, I think I have got it down to about a week. So will uh, will will the next episode come out next week? Are you are you going to be able to maintain a once a week schedule here? You think? I'm I'm forcing myself to. Yeah, I will be because I don't. I've always had a weekly show on a Wednesday. There's no way I was never going to do this. I have three <laughs> episodes. You've already had one of them. I've already yep. put one of them out. That I have another two that I've completed. Um, they need some slight tweaks to them, um, but they're you know about ninety percent done. Um, and I'm probably the rest of today going to start on the script for episode four. Uh, and I have some help. Like um, I have a, a good friend of mine, Marco uh, Marco Savage. He's helping me a lot with the scripts. So I write the scripts and I send them to him and he helps me sometimes think about the flow of the episode. Um, and, you know, I mentioned at the end of the show, I have a couple of producers. and But for me, those producers, they listen to the show and tell me where they think it's wrong yeah, uh, or where it needs to be tightened up. Nobody is actually doing any of the editing or any of the clips or anything like that other than me. Uh, and eventually I would like that to change, I think. Like if... My, my feeling is if, if the show remains successful and we're able to do more of them, which I believe that we will be able to, but we need to see, um, and we're able to do a second series, uh, I'm, I think I'm going to need at least just some help for somebody to listen to the interviews yeah. uh, and just cut them up into chunks for me. Well, that's what I was going to ask you is that um, when you say series or season, 
are you going to switch to that model where you release a certain number of episodes and then there's a break for a while, whether it's a month or a week or two months or whatever, and then there's another season? Or are you calling it seasons, but it's just going to continue week after week after week? My The reason I'm calling them, I'm sorry, I keep changing it. I, I refer to them as series because uh, I'm British. Right. Um, and I say season sometimes because I remember I'm talking to Americans. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But we are kind of, I would like to continue referring to them as series because it makes the most sense to me. And I think it fits because I'm British. Uh, so it works. It's got a little bit of charm to it, maybe. Yeah. Um, they will be series, they were like, they're serialized because they will be different themes. So once we're done with these episodes, there will be a new theme. Um, and I'm working on what I, I have some, some ideas, but I haven't decided which one I want it to be yet. But my intention will be as soon as Behind the App, which is the current name of the current series, uh, as soon as Behind the App is finished, the next week, the next one will start. I have no intention of taking breaks because yeah. I don't believe that I need to. Um, we'll see what happens, huh? but my current intention is to continue uh, just churning these episodes out week, week on week. That's so wh- why not just create a new show? You know, why stick with uh, Inquisitive? I mean, you're changing this whole thing up. Um, why not just create a new show? Because one, we'll see. Because I don't know. I don't know that we won't go back to a different show. Um, I might decide that come the end of those 15 episodes that I don't want to do it. Maybe the, the it's not worth it for me. Maybe I don't enjoy it as much as I am now or whatever. Like I, I wanted to leave that open. And plus, I I like the name and, and I didn't feel like we needed to start a new show. Um, and it kind of works for me because kind of doesn't really matter like and as well like the first the first 26 episodes that sit in that feed i'm proud of every single one of them yeah and if people want to go back and listen to those they can they're going to get a different experience but i don't think that's a problem and eventually like you know and the idea of like oh you know i think some people say well you know it's not necessarily as clean because you're going to have these series that sit inside it but i'm not going to start a new feed every time i do a new series so eventually series two will start and then series one will sit in that feed as well so yeah. It kind of doesn't make a difference to me. I, I didn't want to have to make people resubscribe to a new show again. Like I just wanted, and, and I didn't want to end the inquisitive because yeah. it's a show that means something to me. So I just wanted to, to make this a serious assist inside it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so what, cause you know, I'm struggling with some of this stuff myself right now. What, what fears did you have if you had any, when you were thinking about this, because the show was a very popular show and it's a show that you have, it's essentially the same show you've done for a long time, even though it's changed names a couple times and changed locations, but you've still been doing this show for a long time. Were there any fears about um, pretty much completely changing up? I mean, it's essentially a whole new show. You know, did you, did you have any fears around that, that maybe people wouldn't like it? You would lose listeners. It could just blow up in your face. I had those, yeah. I was worried that maybe people wouldn't like it. Maybe nobody knew would come and the people that were already listening didn't like it. You know, that was a worry that I had. Um, Another kind of thing that I was concerned about was like maybe... No, the thing that kind of I was worried about the most is like for this to be viable, we have to hit a certain audience size. And at minimum, I think we needed to double the audience because um, of the time it takes to make. That's why it needed yeah. to have a certain size. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a couple of things. Like one for me, like for me to continue doing it, uh, I felt like, and I feel like there has to be a bigger audience to, to warrant the amount of work that I'm putting in. Yeah. Um, and also financially as well. Like 
for me to be able to devote so much of my time to making this and then hopefully eventually to be able to pay people to help me, the show has to make a decent amount of money mm-hmm. and we have to hit a certain amount of downloads to be able to charge a certain rate that we think makes sense for that. Now, for do, advertisement. You, would, would, do you plan to like, you hope to see that over time or you just launched this episode? Have you been prepping people for this or did you plan to just launch and hope that the numbers doubled somehow? <laughs> um, Kind of a bit of both. I mean, when you say prepping people, what do you mean in the audience? Yeah, I mean, you just you just launched episode twenty seven. It's something totally new, and and you just said like the audience is, has to grow for it to be sustainable. So I guess how are you planning to grow that audience? Are you are you hoping that the show is just popular enough that organically more people are going to find it, or are you doing specific things to try to grow that audience? Well, I mean, I've been talking about the fact that I felt like something was coming, and then on the. the episode 26 i spoke about the fact that you know we were totally changing and gave some sort of ideas as to what we were doing um you know and and i shared it with some friends um hoping that they would like it and would share it and and many did uh and i i genuinely believe that word of mouth is the key for something like this i mean you know Serial became as huge as I'm not comparing myself to Serial. I just want to make that clear. But um, Serial became as huge as it did because of word of mouth. People were so blown away by it that they shared it. So I wanted to create something that, and I believe that I have, that people want to share because they think it's awesome. And they have, and we have already hit the goal. So you Uh, have literally from episode 26 to 27, you, you doubled the audience. Yeah, more than doubled so far. Wow. And that, and that's just from, you know, reaching out to friends and asking them to share this and and people listening and thinking it's awesome and and telling their friends to listen to it. Yeah. And and I I actually think that by the time the next episode comes out, we would have tripled the audience. But that doesn't mean that they're going to stay. Um and, and that's kind of the thing is like you can, and I always knew this, like ep- episode one, like the first week's numbers were always just a, a good indication. They're not mm-hmm. going to be the same as the numbers that come on episode two. Uh, might be more, might be less, but if, if you know, you're not going to win over everybody and some people will just try something out and, and not necessarily stick. Yeah. So for me, it's like, where do we go over the next five or six weeks and, and see how that takes? Because my hope is, and there is of course a chance that, the longer it goes on, if people continue to keep liking it, they'll share it more and actually the numbers could grow. Mm-hmm. Um, but we needed to hit a baseline, which we've done. Um, and that baseline come 10 weeks time, we need to still be at for me to want to continue, for me yeah. to be able to continue producing what I am at the rate and the quality that is at. Well, is this just, so is this an experiment for you? You wanted to try your hand at this type of show, um, or, or is it, or do you see like, you know, let's say Inquisitive is this huge success and it continues to grow and it just, you know, it's everything you hope that will happen. Do you see creating more shows like this? Um, I mean, do you, uh, in other words, is this, is this a signaling a potential change in the type of podcast you make or, or this is just, this is just something you wanted to try and it doesn't mean that, you know, you're going to turn into, a storytelling kind of network like like Gimlet Media is? I don't think that we would 
go that way. Um, and that, because of my own personal taste, like I love listening to the types of shows that I create, which are not like this, like a couple of guys or a couple of girls having a good time, enjoying what they're talking about yeah. and just off the cuff talking and they've done a bit of prep, but they're kind of sharing their opinions and they're having a good time. You know, like I love those sort of shows. I love making them and I love listening to them. And I'm also really enjoying some of the more story-based shows, but I don't listen to a lot of them. Uh, yeah. I listen to a few of them, but it's not where my personal taste lies ma like majorly. That mm -hmm. could change over time, but I mean, I don't expect to turn connected or upgrade or analog into story-based shows that take, you know, a week to do. Because one, I mean, I can't do it. Right. I can't. This, this is not possible. There's no way I could produce the amount. Of, I mean, I, I host seven podcasts. I couldn't do it. Yeah. I couldn't turn them all into this like heavy production. And I also don't currently have any intention to even want to do that, even if we were to have the help offered to us for free, because it's just not necessarily the only thing that I want to make. Could Relay get other shows that are like this? Maybe shows that I'm not on? Possibly. I mean, with our kind of feeling about this is we're not looking for anything, but if something comes up like, and it's good, then we'll look at it. But yeah, we don't really have a policy for how that stuff works. All, all our, we only, we have one simple policy is let's not get too big, too quick. What, and, uh, why, why is that? Um, you know, there was a whole episode of startup. We've been talking about it, about that topic, getting too big, too quick. And that that was their philosophy, and then they kind of changed and felt like they needed to jump on the opportunities they had, and then that started creating a lot of problems. Um, why do you have that philosophy versus, you know, let's just take the biggest bite out of the world we can take? You can lose control and lose sight of who you are. Yeah. Um, the thing about Relay, I believe, at the moment is that all of the shows complement each other very nicely. Yeah, uh, and if you listen to one relay show, you would enjoy a handful more at least. Yeah, um, and I think if you grow too much, then you you risk harming that. And you know, there are other parts about it. it was like that doesn't mean that I need to be on all the shows. I genuinely believe that I don't have to be. It's not about that. I just was already hosting six podcasts, like so we just brought yeah. them here. Um, we have. Uh, we have two shows on the network now that I'm not involved in at all. Uh, well, Rocket, I edit Rocket, um, which is our which is our all women tech and pop culture show. But mm -hmm. uh, when I, I don't I don't edit them for content, I just edit them for audio and I clean up some parts and stuff like that. You know, like some yeah, just take out some crosstalk and stuff like that. But I don't consider myself uh, editorially involved in that show at all. Well, have you enjoyed this process with the new Inquisitive versus the... I mean, obviously, it's something new, so there is something fresh and exciting about the fact that it's new, but having had a taste of making this kind of show, um, uh, do you like it? Are you having fun? I'm enjoying making this show. Uh, there are parts of it that I hate. Uh, I hate that it takes a week. I wish it took a day, but it doesn't. Uh, and the script writing is so hard. It's so hard to do. Um, and I'm very lucky that I have people that I can, can count on to give me honest and open feedback Yeah. because without those people, like the shows, like the episode and the episodes that are coming wouldn't be as good. Uh, they would maybe be good, but they wouldn't be as good. 
And right. I have people that really push me to make the best I can make, which is incredibly important. When you're doing something like this, you need to be able to look outside and trust people. Uh, so you're looking outside of your own mind of things because you can get lost in them. Yeah. Um, but my favorite thing so far has been I have all of the pieces. So I have my voiceover recorded. I have all of the interview clips that I need cut up and they're all organized and they're ready to be put in. And then I sit for a couple of hours, maybe longer, and I put it together like a big jigsaw puzzle. Yeah, and, that is and a lot I, of fun. It, and and I'm like, I'm, I don't even know what clips I'm going to use in certain places. I just know I have them. So I record a bit of the audio and I know I want to put some clips in here. So I listen to what I said and I, and I look in my big folders and I see, you know, what did Marco say about this? What did Guy say about this? What did David say about this? and listen to those clips again and I pick the things that I think are most interesting and I put them together and I edit them up and I clean them up and then I put some music in. I, I love assembling that that jigsaw. Yeah, and um, I'm in the same way. I love that 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 type of uh, assembling you're talking about is is a lot of fun. When you script write this, did you did you base are you did you basically kind of write it from like a 15 episode perspective or are you just going week to week with it? I'm going week to week. I, I have, uh, so basically I planned out like 10 topics, uh, 10 or 11 topics that I thought would fit, would thought to fit in this. Then I wrote a hundred or more interview questions to ask the people that I interview. And those questions are asked chronologically. Um, so then what I do is when it comes to writing the scripts, I take a look at the questions. So I know where the discussions went and I start thinking about them and I start writing that way. I write an outline, uh, and then just start writing the script. And then the script is refined based on the things that I've heard. So like, for example, I will, I will write and record the base part, but then as I'm editing it together, I think, oh, this needs a little bit more here. So I write a bit more and edit that in and then, oh, this needs a bit more here, that kind of thing. Yeah, so w those hundred questions, man. Um, you ask every interview is asking people those same questions, so that you can just get different people's perspective. Or every interview is different. Every interview is different, and every interview has supplementary questions asked, depending on how the conversation goes. Yeah. Um, but the idea is like that: multiple people, not everyone, but multiple people, are asked the same question, so I get a couple of different viewpoints which allow yeah. me to, to create the show that I want to create. I mean, like I'm using like, you know, I'm using like, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of the word, like I'm, I'm using kind of like a, a journalistic view on it. Like at the end of the day, like I have an opinion and I'm painting my opinion into the story and I'm using people's like other people's opinions to back that up. Yeah. You know? So I used, I used, I used the answers that I think fit the story the best. I don't, right. I don't put every answer in, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. So with Inquisitive specifically, um, I guess I want to ask, what are you trying to achieve with this? Are you are you just hoping to make something that entertains people, you know, more than what you've been able to do before? Or like, why do this? What What's driving you to do this? What is it that you want to accomplish? So um, I want to bring new people to Relay. Um a bigger audience. I want to bring people that we that don't know anything about us. I want them to find out about us. And I think that this could be a show that could help do that. Um, I have different types of stories that I would like to tell, um, which I've not been able to do before, but 
I feel like now I've, I've spoken to enough people and I have enough friends that I can call on to help me out and make these, these interesting stories. And quite honestly, I want to prove a point. Um, I want to prove that one, I can do this personally. I want to show that Relay can do these things. We can create these incredible shows with that very different to anything you've heard before. I, I want to prove that we can push things forward because there are people, I say, there are people doing this, like that NPR crowd, like they're doing this, but there aren't a lot of people that are doing this on their own. No, there aren't. Um, and I want to show that I can and we can. And, and I think, I think that's quite important. Like, I think it's important to to not just get too comfortable, um, because the thing is, like you know, I am an unfair advantage because I don't know if you could make this kind of thing. I mean, I, I know people can. There are some people that can because they're crazy like me. But <laughs> you you have to be able to put an incredible amount of time into making something like this. Yeah, and and I'm lucky that. I can do that because I run my own business so I can choose where to put my time. Um, and we're going to see, well, I'm going to see how, where we go with it. Like I think that eventually I will need help because as the business grows, I'm not going to be able to continue putting a week's work every week, you know, into one show out of like the 10, nine or 10 shows that we have. Um, I need to be able to make sure that I'm dividing my time. I need to still run the business. I need to still sell the ads. I need to still work with everybody and, and that kind of stuff. I can't just shut myself away and be making this one show all the time. So maybe I will need help. Or maybe what I actually hope will happen is that I'm just going to get better at it and I can do it in two days. Yeah. That would be quite an accomplishment. <laughs> well, I don't see why not though, because it's just a skill. Yeah. Um, and I've gotten better at everything else. Uh, so I don't see why I can't get better at this. You know, last question I want to ask you is that, you know, you're a guy, you like making podcasts, you know, clearly you enjoy making podcasts. And so it's that classic, you know, artist, you know, the guy who, um, likes painting, but doesn't necessarily want to run a business. Um, and so, you know, I've been in this place before in my previous career as a web designer where it's like I liked doing the work and I found that, you know, as I grew, I was doing less and less of the work and more and more of running the business and I was getting more and more unhappy. And I'm wondering if you where you fall there, if you if you, you know, um, are afraid of that happening or, you know, if you end up running Relay and not actually ever making any podcast because you have to spend all your time essentially being the CEO of Relay, would you still be happy doing that? There's no way I'm never going to not make shows. Like, I can't see that. I, I, I would be, something would have to change in me. But with me, the way I am now, like, the reason I have this company is so I can make my shows. Right. So what do um, you do when... You need more time to work on the business. I mean, do you hope to just eventually hire people to do that stuff so you can keep doing the making shows stuff that you like? I think this is well, a tension that a lot of people face. Yeah. I mean, one thing that I have is I have a business partner. Yeah. Um, and and Stephen is really good at a lot of the stuff that, that we need. Um, and I wouldn't be able to do it without him. And I hope that we will be able to support him financially. So he's so he can just focus all of his time on relay as well. Yeah, and that's the big goal that I have. 
um, that both of us have is to make that happen because that will help me out as much as it will help him out because uh, a lot of the stuff that I'm currently doing I won't have to do because he can help me as well. Yeah. Um, and maybe just as we go on we just get more people to help us because ultimately the moment anyway the business I'm holding up a large part of it with the shows that I do so kind of the business currently exists because I am a part of a bunch of shows, right? And I'm yeah. sure that that will change. And I would like that to change. I would like us to have really successful shows that I'm not a part of because I, I don't have a big enough ego that I need to be at the center of it all, all the time. Um, yeah, but, well, are, are you at the center of it now because you want to be or because you have to be? I mean, that's the question. If you could get to the place where you were doing one or two shows that you really liked, but that's all you needed to do because the network was big enough that it had lots of other shows um would that sound good to you or you're doing seven because you have to that's i mean if you, if you don't show up there is no network you know if if the chips fall in such a way that like you know a couple of shows end and, and i don't start any other shows and and the business is, is a success still and i'm hosting two of them i'd be perfectly happy with that if that's what i want to do at that time you know yeah um at the moment i host six podcasts seven podcasts because i want to Right. Uh, I want to do more, but like I have to be told that I shouldn't, which is <laughs> yeah. the right call. Uh, I that's just what I want to do, and and honestly, like for the last four years, I've always had at least five shows on the go because it's how I am. Uh, as I say, I have many things that I'm interested in. I have many things that I love. I have many people that I want to make things with that I'm able to just do it. But it doesn't need it doesn't need to be this way. Like relay is that way with me being on a bunch of shows because that's just kind of how it is. It doesn't have to be anything. Yeah. Uh, it's just at the moment I host all of those shows and I'm going to have them anywhere other than my own company. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not going to have like uh, analog standing aside as its own show. Like with analogpodcast.fm, like it just doesn't make sense. Like it's sure. part of relay because it's an outlet that I have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it could change and I'm not averse to it changing. Like if we find like six new shows or three new shows or two new shows that are really good and they help us financially and all that kind of stuff, it makes sense. But so like a big part of the earnings that I make at the moment, and I mentioned it earlier, like I make money as a host uh, of the shows that I do. So as well, like for me currently, like me personally, not the business, I need to host those amount of shows so I make enough money. Yeah. But that will change. That will definitely change. Yeah. Well, that's fascinating, man. That's, um, I mean, congrats on the show and the network and just everything. Like it's, uh, it seems like, I mean, you've got to feel some amount of excitement at, at just how things are going. I mean, it's happening. You've, you've been able to do something that many people dream about doing, but can never accomplish. And, and that is figure out a way to do the thing you love and get paid enough to do it, to put food on the table. Yeah, I'm one of the lucky ones, man. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on, Mike. I appreciate it. Pleasure, uh, buddy. It's a fascinating story. And, um, um, you know, like I said, you know, good luck with uh, Inquisitive. And it's it's uh, it's a really, really interesting thing. I, I, I'm really excited to see where you take it. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. And thank you for having me on. I'm, ex I'm excited for you. You're doing, doing good stuff right now. I'm seeing you about places, so it's good. I'm happy for you. Thanks, dude. I appreciate that.
Well, that's it. That's the show. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Mike, for being the first two-parter on The Gently Mad. I really enjoyed the conversation in both of these episodes. Thanks to Hover and to Harvest for sponsoring. Be sure and check them out and take advantage of those offers that they are offering you. I hope you have a good weekend. Hope your Friday's going well. I want to say thanks to all of those of you who have been donating money and stuff like that. It's it's amazing. Can't believe how many of you are doing it. But if you want to get in on that, it's avclark.com slash support. Thank you to everyone who's doing that. It means a lot. You can follow along on Twitter. I'm A.V. Clark on Twitter, and the show is on Facebook, TGM Podcast, etc. What else? Nothing else right now. That's about it. I'm kind of overwhelmed with this kid stuff at the moment. Big news, and it's still sinking in. So I think I've got a weekend here to let it sink in all the way. But hope you have a good weekend, and thanks for listening. If you want to help out this show, tell someone about it. That would be awesome. Or leave a rating interview in iTunes. That would be awesome as well. All right? Okay. Well, thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next time. I'm sort of just an old guy with a big tongue. That's I'm just a big old tongue old man. That's all that is. Um, that's sort of how many words am I at?